Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Kammerer, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. Today we have a really big shoe lined up for you. First of all, we are experimenting with a new setup, uh, rig, studio, uh, so if it sounds like garbage, we hate it, let me know, we'll go back to the old way. Uh, if you like it, we'll obviously keep it. If I like it, we'll obviously keep it. And if you're a brand new listener listening to this for the first time, this is the most professionally recorded podcast you have ever heard in your life, and nothing that comes out of my mouth should tell you otherwise. Anyway, as I said, really big show, mostly because tonight is Never Say Never 2021 uh, card of the Contra unit, uh, at least unofficially. Uh, for all practical purposes, this show is Contra versus the Injustice and the Injustice Auxiliary Crew. Uh, anyway, uh, got some big, also, well, I'm just gonna use big and just throw all the hyperbole I can out there, but, of course, uh, brand new opening video package, uh, featuring the song Riot on Our Enemies by Montezzi, and instead of Rich Bocini, we get boxing commentator Ray Flores, uh, he adds a big fight feel to the show tonight, spoiler alert, um, and if I remember, we'll, I'll talk about him a touch more, uh, towards the end, uh, but overall, I'm just gonna throw out there that, you know, he did a really fine job, I haven't done enough research to know how much he's done in the wrestling business, uh, calling, uh, wrestling cards, etc., uh, but he held himself quite well here, and of course, I mean, sports commentary, uh, if you can at least call the action, you know, it's all good, basically and he held his own knew what the moves were so that's the important thing but you know never mind that we have a show to review as i said uh tonight's theme was right on our enemies by montezzi uh saint laurent joins mr flores at the commentary booth we quickly run down the card for this evening. As I said, it's basically Contra versus Injustice. Um, our opening contest will be Simon Gotch taking on Jordan Oliver, Meyer Reed taking on Sean Devari, and our main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, Jacob Fatu, our champion, taking on the undefeated Calvin Tankman. So, as I said, our first match of the evening is Simon Gotch versus Jordan Oliver. Um, in addition to the history between Contra and Injustice, uh, Gotch and Jordan have a history together. Uh, they've already faced each other in one-on-one action. Uh, and it seems like whenever there's a brawl to be had, the two have also kind of paired off against one another. Um, but one of the early matches since the post-COVID restart was a grudge match between Gotch and Oliver, which uh, Gotch won pretty handedly. Uh, actually surprised how easily he won that match. So here's match two on an even bigger stage, if you will. Um, but we start off good. Uh, before the ma- bell even rings, Jordan kind of slips down the stairs uh, on the way to the ring. Uh, so I we're hoping that this is just not a shade of things to come. Oliver is already selling his back and, to a lesser extent, his leg from uh, other previous battles that he's had up to this point. Um, we start off pretty heated once the bell rings with, uh, well, the dreaded tie-up. Uh, Jokey aside, like, I mean, these two really put 
they're all into the tie-up. Unfortunately, and if you're Jordan Oliver, you probably shouldn't be engaging in, uh, you know, technical battles with one Simon Gotch, who does a lot of MMA tra- training and was a former member of Team Filthy back in the day. Um... Uh, but, uh, so, of course, Gotch kind of wins that exchange and really just focuses on wearing down the body parts of Jordan Oliver uh, whenever he can. Uh, Oliver does pick up the ba- the pace for a bit, uh, goes for the clout cutter, his finisher, but is met with an elbow to the back by Gotch. Uh, Gotch gets Jordan Oliver's bandana off of his head and starts using it as a weapon. And here's where we kind of see a little bit of breakdown uh, in terms of uh, Mr. Flores' commentary. Um, I just find his character work um, to be not... I guess the term you'd use is realistic. Um, he uh, And when I say character work, I don't mean like he's, you know, plays some fictional character. He's obviously just trying to call the action, but he seems really forced when talking about rule breaking um, and then getting into kind of a squabble with Mr. St. Laurent over the acceptability of said bending the rules by gotch. Uh, Mr. St. Laurent, of course, uh, tends to side with the bad guys in most situations. And in this case, you know, Gotch didn't bring the bandana into the ring. So, I mean, is he really using it as a weapon? Like, he didn't bring it. But, uh, anyway, the the bickering aside, you know, it doesn't take it apart. But, like, that's just kind of, like, one of the little things I noticed about Flores. If I was going to, if I'm going to critique his work, uh, that's just, that's going to be a weak point. Luckily, it doesn't come to play that often, uh, throughout the evening. Uh, Gotch just tr- does his best to maintain control, eventually kind of working towards more con- tr- uh, traditional wrestling throws, uh, going for his Gotch pile driver uh, and various other variations of moves they keep calling the Gotch driver. Uh, Oliver ends up countering uh, shoulder lift into a DDT, gets some space between the two. Uh, Oliver actually wins a strike battle doing doing the spirit thing popping back and forth uh he goes for his clout cutter but that gets blocked uh roll through exchange a couple of near pinfalls on both sides allows oliver to springboard off the ropes hit the cloud cutter for the one two three uh jordan oliver gets the win nine fourteen uh pretty decisive victory overall i guess you'd say uh we'll see how uh, everybody does against their respective thro- foes throughout the night, but this is not a good start for Contra. And I will also say, like, uh, kind of like in our last match, you know, this is supposed to be a grudge match, but they really did kind of treat this overall as just just another match. Um, uh, there was a, is a bit more heated than their last encounter, which is good, but still, like. I guess we could say, if you ignore the part where the guys were feuding, it told a great story in the ring. You know, Gotch trying to pick apart the young Oliver. Oliver, the fiery baby face, trying to pick up the pace. Uh, But again, like, this is pretty much a blood feud. And I would expect a bit more intensity from both parties otherwise. Um, But in a vacuum, if I would just watch this match out of nowhere, it was good. It was really good. Um, You know, again, told a great story. Uh, That's just me nitpicking uh, as I want to do. And that is why I make the big bucks on this podcast is so I can nitpick everything. Moving along from here in a ill-timed promo location, uh, Joseph Samael gets a promo uh, talking about how Never Say Never really denotes western hope 
and tonight that hope's going to be crashed as Contra takes out the infidels one by one, uh, specifically Jacob Fatu, while Calvin Tankman's smiling for the cameras and kissing babies and talking about feeding his family. Jacob Fatu is taking out 20 men a day as part of his training regiment, and we'll see the fruits of that labor here tonight. Also, in other hyperbole, big news! It's not really hyperbole, so it's kind of a big deal, but I'm just really throwing out the word big way too much, because I don't have my thesaurus sitting next to me. I also cannot evidently pronounce the word thesaurus in the first attempt. And we're leaving it in there, because, you know, I need to show you guys that I am not a god, and I am just a regular human, just like you. Anyway, uh, we get a video package uh, announcing the new partnership between Dragon Gate and MLW, so this is very exciting. I definitely feel that uh, this would be an excellent partnership, at least at the MLW end, uh, since MLW, for the most part, really kind of plugs their middleweights slash the cruiserweights, uh, whatever you want to call the smaller, flippy-floppy guys. Um, And that's something that Dragon Gate really excels in, is you're more athletic fast-paced matches, so I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Uh, Maybe another challenge series like we had with AAA last year, but either way, we got a partnership at hand, and I am frankly looking forward to it. All right, before our next match, we are going to take a pause for the cause. Take a moment for all the people that pay me the big mucks uh, to rattle on incoherently for everyone's amusement. Uh, Got two ads for you. Back in a minute. See you then. Now, whether you're someone who works out, or, like me, needs to maintain focus and mental clarity, we could all use a pick-me-up. That's where Ray's Energy steps in. With Refresh technology, Ray's provides a hydrating, sugar-free boost of energy without the crash some other energy drinks have. You can find out where you can get Ray's Energy near you by visiting www.repsports.com And while you're there, check out the other products that Rep offers, such as pre- and post-workout supplements and snacks. And if you want some extra savings, order online and apply my discount code CASS, that's C-A-S-S, at checkout for 15% off your order. Alright, thanks for sitting through that. Our next match is Sean Davari taking on Injustice's Myron Reed. Uh, Davari and Reed have been paired off in the latest bouts of... Uh, Contra versus Injustice in those brawls. Uh, Davari actually making his debut during a post-match attack of Amine Reed and tearing apart his chest protector. And kind of like the last match, this match also starts off hot and heavy, except a lot more strikes being thrown. It's your classical kind of schmoz where limbs be flying, people be clubbering Tony back and forth. Uh... Davari gets knocked outside the ring pretty quick. Suicide dive to the outside on Davari by Myron Reed. Unfortunately, once the brawl starts taking its toll outside the ring, this allows Davari to take control. Uh, 
luckily for Reed, the brawl doesn't last terribly long, but long enough for uh, the damage to be done, uh, allowing Davari to maintain control inside the ring with st- with various strikes and chokeholds. Uh, he does send Reed back to the outside, uh, but this time, though, this allows Reed a chance to get his breath in. Uh, he counters a pile driver outside attempt uh, and dives off the speaker box onto Davari. Um, unfortunately, getting back into the ring, he misses a dive inside and buggers up his leg, which Davari then quickly targets like the rabbit hyena that he may or may not be uh davari hits a uh excuse me jumping ahead of myself oh these notes are atrociously written uh reed does amount a comeback after a chin breaker uh hits a slingshot leg drop for two uh but this is cut short by a sean davari power slam which also gets two he removes the chest protector uh and puts it on uh (laughs) Flores gets his call of the night when when he says that Davari does not deserve to wear the chest protector of Myron Reed. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, why does Myron Reed get to deserve to wear the chest protector? Uh, Where's our doctors on that one? Does he have a D'Lo Brown injury and he gets to wear it in all perpetuity? Like, is it an insult now that, you know, he's not wearing his chest protector? Because, frankly, you know... He seems to be doing just fine when he doesn't have it on. But, you know, whatever. Davari doesn't deserve to wear it. Uh, Davari actually goes for a frog splash off the top rope. Uh, eats the canvas for that, though. Because, you know, you take 15 minutes to put on a chest protector. You know, you're going to let your opponent wake up in the process. Uh, Reed puts the chest protector back on. Hits his big spring forward 450 splash for the one two three contra is oh and two on the evening uh very solid match between the two folk here uh definitely faster paced and a lot more impact compared to the last little grudge match we had uh, and really like overall once again solid uh, ch- uh ticked off a couple of the text boxes that i like to see in a match which is mostly brawling outside um so we got that in there too, and outside of my little like snarky comment about the chest protector thing, like it it was a good match overall, and I get it, like it added a bit to the drama. I imagine the crowd would have ate that up if there was a crowd there, but you know, there, there's no real crowd, and what crowd we may or may not have is up in the luxury boxes. Uh, so we do not get to see nor hear them in the process of these tapings. Uh, but yes, once again, uh, it's up to Jacob Fatu now to get Contra on the board whatsoever. Uh, meanwhile, we have an Alexander Hammerstone promo. He is still not happy with Mil Muertes. Uh, for those of you who have missed previous shows, Mil Muertes attacked Hammerstone after his match with Leparka and stole the uh, National Openweight Championship. Uh, Hammerstone notes that Mil Muertes probably had a five-step plan to pull off this heist. Step one, attack Hammerstone and steal the belt. Step two, post lots of selfies on social media with said stolen belt. And steps three, four, and five are just going to be getting your ass kicked by your boy, Hammer. Yeah! Uh, Those two will meet off April 14th, uh, the next live event. Uh, at least the next fusion, I guess, 
uh, probably not terribly live, but the next uh, fusion will be Mil Mortes versus Alexander Hammerstone to see who the rightful national openweight champion is. Uh, leading to this, uh, next week they are taking a break once again, uh, and we'll be replaying a classic episode of MLW Underground from the early 2000s. And as customary as it is for this show, uh, in lieu of fusion, we cover whatever happens to be the new episode of the week. So, new episode of the week is going to be a classic underground, and that is what we will review in its stead. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Um, if you listen to my cheap plugs at the end, if you'd rather listen to me rant on about other topics, uh, that's what I do in the Patreon for the people who pay me other monies. So, you know, check out that in the links. Or, you know, stay to the end and listen to me rant on about, you know, ways to help support the podcast. But never mind that, we still have more show to review. And it's Alicia Toot. She's on a Zoom call with Richard Holiday and Gino Medina. Gino is a former member of the Dynasty. Richard's a current member of the Dynasty. And they have been bickering at each other uh, over the course of the uh, winter months. Uh, but not as much as Alicia and Gina and uh, Richard have been bickering because they've been bickering for near a year now. Uh, and that's how we're going to start off this interview with Alicia and Richard bickering about how Richard wants to be addressed and all the time on, that they're wasting bickering back and forth, not being properly addressed and whatnot. Uh, Gino eventually steps in and tells, you know, thrift store Barbie and Ken to stop bickering. He has an interview that he needs to, you know, be a part of and really the bickering just doesn't stop it just switches focus between you know alicia and richard to richard and gino uh but long story short we're gonna have a match on april 14th our next fusion with gino Medina taking on richard holiday for the iwa caribbean championship uh which doesn't make richard holiday terribly happy but you know anymore what does besides well, dynastic coffee. All right, it is time for our main event. Oh, it's gonna be a hoss fight, ladies and gentlemen, with major implications for the future. It is the Calvin Tankman, the undefeated rookie, taking on Contra Unit's Jacob Fatu, who is also undefeated, but he's been here more than two years in the process, so he is no rookie, but he has the MLW World Heavyweight Championship instead of a rookie season. Uh, just gonna throw out there that... For once, Jacob Fatu is the smaller man in this fight. Uh, not ter- by much, really. I mean, okay, I mean, it's probably still 50 pounds, but they're both over three bills, over six feet tall. Like, this this has got to be a hard-hitting hoss fight, and I am just salivating at the thought of it. Good thing I have a brand new uh, mic protector to keep me from popping those peas and spraying saliva all over my microphone. Anyway, uh, the match starts off with the, just, the two big men just smashing each other. Uh, Tankman eventually sends Fatu to the outside with a shoulder tackle. Uh, Tankman just really, out, in addition to outstriking, he's also outspeeding Fatu in the process, uh, hitting a Lucha-style jumping arm drag off the middle rope as well uh so like that's really impressive to see just two big guys and like i mean it's and overall it's not a surprise if you've seen these two in action they're both very agile uh for the big dudes they are uh but still like seeing them do that to each other is a sight to be seen 
Uh, eventually, though, this all catches up with Calvin. Uh, Fatu hits a big headbutt and a springboard clothesline, uh, leading to a Samoan drop for the two count. Uh, and then from here, Jacob Fatu controls the vast majority of the match uh, with ver- uh, with uh, various chops, uh, really targeting Calvin Takeman's throat, which, of course, if you can't get air you know, uh, out of your lungs, or, well, from your lungs to your brain box and whatnot, can't breathe... Yeah, you, you can't you can't do anything. Uh, eventually, Fatu uh, chokes Tankman with his wrist tape, which leads to another uh, Ray Flores trying to be a wrestling character. Not quite working for him here, though. In due respect, though, he is going to go try to find the official MLW rulebook and see what the rules are regarding wrist tape and how it's used. Um, and I am a fan of any company that actually has an official rulebook. Quick bar aside, WWE tried to produce one once, and it is utter garbage. So, rant over there. Anyway, while I was ranting, Tankman is tanking up, uh, taking uh, taking out Fatua's strikes. They have a big spirit battle, exchanging strikes back and forth. Uh, the battle ends with a big pounce that sends Fatu to the outside of the ring. Tankman follows that up with a suicide dive. Taking the action back in the ring, standing shooting star 4-2. Uh, fortunately, Fatu headstands his way out of a cutter, leading to a big kick to the head and a uh, handspring moonsault for a two count. Uh, Tankman recovers and hits a pop-up back fl- uh, fist and a slight uh, quick move flurry that ends up ends with a lariat, uh, turning Fatu inside out. That only gets a two count as well. Things are going hot and heavy and scary enough that Sean Davari has to come into the ring just to make sure everything's okay. But unfortunately, you know, the match is still going. This is illegal. The ref's trying to put a stop to it. Uh, Tankman decides that the ref's not doing enough because the ref is obviously suffering from ref bias. Headbutts Davari, kind of takes him out, but the ref is still distracted, allowing Fatu to get the flag of Contra and just donk Tankman upside the head, dropping him. Uh, this, uh, this incapacitates Tankman enough for Fatu to go up top, Hitting the double jump moonsault for the one two three, Jacob Fatu retains the world heavyweight championship. The unbeaten streak for the monster rookie Calvin Tankman is over. Contra gets to at least end the day with the flag raised up high. Hail Contra! Please don't kill me, Mads Kruger. I, I got my cursory plug in for you guys. Um, but all quasi joking aside, uh, just a big beefy hoss fight. Love it. Uh, yeah, big strikes from everyone. Again, this one this one had its ups and downs in terms of its pacing, which, I mean, is the case. You got two 300-pounders here, people. We're not expecting a cruiserweight battle, despite the fact that we got, you know, a leaping arm drag and at least one tope suicida, in addition to a springboard clothesline and the double jump moonsault. Uh, but, you know, this match lived up to any hype. You could put to it just, you know, two big guys just beating the hell out of each other uh, to the best of their abilities for the biggest prize in the company, that being the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, so, again, uh, comparatively speaking, like, it was a pretty solid show. Uh, you know, good matches throughout. Uh, you know, my my two complaints will be is that, you know, Fl- Ray Flores is a, is very good at calling the, uh, calling the action, uh, just kind of weak in the character department so whenever he has to bicker with Saint Laurent over the uh, rule breakers and whatnot it, uh, it kind of lags there and then once again just and I blame 
the pandemic for this. Uh, it's just that these special events don't always seem quite so special when they're just a regular episode, essentially. Uh, yes, the matches were bigger, uh, really focusing on feuds tonight. But again, the same sort of action, for the most part, can be seen every week on Fusion. Uh, and this is not just beholden to MLW, of course. The same kind of goes for, uh, say, like AEW, who has special-themed episodes as well. Like, yes, they're very good episodes, but again, they're, they're things that are given away on free TV for, for a reason, you know. Um, but other than that, like, no real complaints. You know, another solid hour of action uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, got the big match atmosphere, big fights uh, overall, you know. Uh, curious to meanwhile, I'll see you next week for a brand spanking old episode of MLW Underground. So, I'm Rob Kammer. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast hosted by Anchor FM. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review is also helpful. I mean, Dave Meltzer can leave seven stars for random matches in Japan. I deserve at least three, right? Anyway, word-of-mouth advertisement is very important for us small podcasts. My social media links can be found in the description below, but the Twitter and Instagram are at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual chip tip jar at ko-fi.com slash Casanova. If you'd prefer more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash Casanova. For as little as $1, backers get access to the podcast early and without those pesky ads, plus other exclusives. So join the crew that is headed up by Maverick45 and Alan Schroeder and check it out.